This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hi everyone, my name is Matt Manning, Technical Service Consultant in the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any advice technical related inquiries you may have. Tech Hotline and Mailbox receives a wide variety of calls across a very broad range of topics. For this podcast, I'll go through four topical and interesting inquiries we've received lately. Question 1. Will the account-based pension minimum pension requirements return to the standard minimums from 1 July 2023 onwards? And the answer is, as the situation currently stands, the standard minimums will apply from 2023-24 financial year onwards. Often the follow-up question is along the lines of, can we be sure, when we'll be sure, etc. We can't ever be 100% sure, as the government could simply announce that they intend to further extend the reduced minimums. This would be a comparatively easy change to make, as the minimum pension requirements are contained in the regulations rather than the legislation, that is, changing does not require passage of legislation through both Houses of Parliament. Logically, if the government did intend to continue with the reduced minimums, they'd likely have made an announcement as part of the recent federal budget. However, the absence of such an announcement does not remove their ability to make a subsequent announcement and table a change to the relevant regulation, which is Schedule 7 of SIS. Question 2. What is my client's non-concessional cap for the 22-23 financial year? We've created a tool to determine the answer to this question. If you'd like a copy, please email technical at btfinancialgroup.com with the subject line of non-concessional calculator, subscribe. So to conceptually answer, we need to look at three variables to determine a client's 22-23 non-concessional cap. And the work test is no longer one of them. As since 1 July 2022, the requirement for those aged 67 to 74 to satisfy the work test in order to receive non-concessional contributions has been removed. Number one is their age. In order to receive a non-concessional contribution, the client must either be age 74 or younger, or at the age 75, the contribution occurs within 28 days from the end of the month in which they attain age 75. As an example, if a client attained age 75 on the 24th of May 2023, the last day the fund can accept the contribution is the 28th of June 2023. Number two is assuming the client did not trigger the non-concessional bring forward during either 2020-21 or 2021-22 financial year, their total super balance as at 30 June 2022 may impact their 22-23 non-concessional cap. For those aged 64 or younger, as at 1 July 22, if this total super balance, as at 30 June 22, is less than 1.48 million, their non-concessional cap is $330,000. If between 1.48 and $1,589,999, their non-concessional cap is $220,000. If between 1.59 million and $1,699,999, their non-concessional cap is $110,000, and if it's $1.7 million or greater, their non-concessional cap is nil. 
Number three is details of non-concessional contributions made in the previous financial years. A client may have already triggered the bring forward provision if they received non-concessional contributions of more than $100,000 during 2021 financial year or more than $110,000 during 21-22 financial year. Where this is the case, to determine their 2022-23 non-concessional cap, we need to look at the amount of the non-concessional contribution as well as two total super balance figures as at 30 June of the financial year prior to the financial year in which the bring forward was triggered and their total super balances at 30 June 22. For example, if the client first triggered the bring forward during 21-22 by receiving a non-concessional contribution of $150,000 and had a total super balance of $1.5 million as at 30 June 21, they are only eligible to trigger the two-year bring forward of $220,000, not the full $330,000. Therefore, their 22-23 non-concessional cap is at most $70,000, that is $220,000 minus the previous $150,000. In order to contribute up to the $70,000 during 22-23, they must have a total super balance of less than the general transfer cap amount that is 1.7 million as at 30 June 22. Question 3. When is the payment rate for job seeker payment increasing? So as a bit of background, one of the proposals in the 2023 federal budget was to increase the rate of working age and student payments by $40 a fortnight from 20 September 2023. This increase is proposed to apply to job seeker payment and youth allowance, but not age pension, disability support pension or carer payment. This remains a proposal as it still needs to pass both Houses of Parliament to become law. Though there has been some progress, as on the 25th of May, the government introduced the relevant bill to the House of Representatives, which is titled Social Services and Other Legislation Amendments, Strengthening the Safety Net Bill 2013. Other social security proposals announced as part of the budget that are included in this bill are the proposals to increase the rate of rent assistance by 15% and for those who have been receiving job seeker payment for nine or more continuous months, reducing the age to qualify for the higher rate of job seeker payment from age 60 to age 55 and expanding qualification for printing payment single to single principal carers whose youngest child is under age 14. Currently the youngest child must be under age 8. Question 4. Can we claim a tax deduction on behalf of a deceased person for a personal contribution to super? Now unlike the first three, this isn't a frequently asked question but it did come up recently. So firstly this only relates to the situation where the client has made a personal contribution to the super and then passed away before they are able to submit the Section 290 Notice of Intent form to the Superfund. If the client did not make such a contribution prior to their death, this does not apply as you can't make a super contribution on behalf of the deceased person. And the answer is yes. The deceased legal personal representative can submit the Section 290 Notice Intent form to the deceased Superfund subject to the usual requirements, such as the fund continues to hold the contribution and the notice is submitted by the earlier of lodging the deceased final tax return 
or the end of the following financial year. A good reference for this is ATO's TR 2010-1, whereby the ATO states that this is a view in paragraph 266. Issues such as this are what our teams love to discuss, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinar series, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislation support when formulating advice for their clients. Don't forget, you can watch all of our previous BT Academy webinar episodes, plus register for upcoming live sessions, which will allow you to participate in the live polls, Q&A and discussions, and you can do this by heading to www.bt.com.au slash professional and following the links to the BT Academy webinar series. Ryan Ashton will be hosting our next fortnightly technical webinar on the 7th of June at 12 o'clock New South Wales time on the topic of Should Ethics Get in the Way of Good Advice? This session will consider a range of ethical case studies to see how they can be managed, as well as explore ethical considerations that you're currently facing in the advice profession. In the meantime, if you have any technical questions, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or by emailing technical at com. Thanks for joining me and for ne until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory, and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations, or needs.